Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Productivity and Proverbs 31, PP31. I am Kathy Lanham, your host, and today I am covering a topic that is near and dear to my heart, so much so that I even have a business associated with the whole topic of photography. Now, so have you ever thought about the fact that your photos, your digital images, may be on a digital cliff headed for a digital dumpster? Isn't that a terrifying thought? Well, that's actually the way that most big box companies deal with our precious photos and memories. And I think that personally is a travesty. So we're going to talk about all those things today. Show of hands, who loves to take pictures? Uh, yep, mine's up there waving high. I am right there with you, sister friend. But what do we do with all those pictures? And how easy is it now in this digital age to get just overwhelmed? Regardless of how old you are, now that we've moved into having an incredible phone at our fingertips at all times, it can be overwhelming. So if you've ever faced that or lost all of your pictures due to your phone taking a toilet dive, stick around because I got some ideas and suggestions that might just help you. Hey friends, and if we're not friends yet, I hope we soon will be. I'm Kathy Lanham host of the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm a wife, mom to five, and a grandma, which is my best role yet. I'm a former teacher of the deaf, an ampro photographer, and a business leader. And if you're a Christian who needs some encouragement and wants to grow in their faith, then I hope that you will take the time to stick around because you never know what I'll be teaching on or sharing or who I'll interview over here with life hacks, with business tips and tricks and some faith building built in. I hope that you'll grab your coffee, maybe a pen and a pad of paper as we begin today's episode. Now, if a picture is worth a thousand words, how many volumes are contained in all of the pictures that we have on our phones? I mean, it has never been easier to capture a moment and we don't just capture a moment, we do it in live, photos, we do it in photo burst, we do it in continuous shoot, we do all of these photos with filters, we we just inundate ourselves with all kinds of photos. But then what do we actually do with those memories? I mean, we take the pictures to remember the time and to celebrate the time. But if they live on our phone or our external hard drives or in some cloud service somewhere or YGADs and even worse, if the only place we post them and share them is social media, then we seriously have an issue. Because I would propose that we take pictures to solidify who we are, what we've done, and to celebrate family. If we have all of that media in places that are obsolete, like reel-to-reel films from your parents' time or grandparents' time, VHS tapes, or just locked away in a phone that's now obsolete or it's out of date or we don't use anymore, or if you changed phone services and you've lost access to all those pictures, then there all of those memories are. And with of Costco now announcing that the photo business part is no longer profitable for them and they are closing down their services, heads up, if you keep all of your pictures or print your pictures or have had your videos converted at Costco, they are closing their photo business. And they're suggesting that you fly elsewhere. Well, the place they're sending you to also has a caveat in their terms of agreement that you have to print with them once every 18 months or you no longer have access to your pictures. I'm going to give you 10 questions that you should consider before you look at 
where you keep your pictures and how you select your digital home. A lot of the cloud services that are offered by our phone systems, computer systems, Google, iCloud, you are the product in those service models. So it really takes a little scrutiny to look at what are we blindly accepting the terms of agreement for. So that's what I want to do is just give you a little heads up on 10 questions to ask before you pick out and choose the cloud service that you're going to trust for all of your family memories, and then four easy ways to get started organizing those memories so it's not quite so overwhelming and so that you can enjoy it. So grab your pen and a pad of paper. First question is, is this temporary or permanent cloud storage? Huge difference. Temporary would be any service, Dropbox, iCloud, Google, SmugMug, you name it, any company that holds your photos for a fee per per month, or even offers it for free, but then they're selling your information and like Costco can close at any time. Second question, can you easily get to your photos or your memories across any device or do you, are you tied to one specific device? Question three, does the service that you use hold all types of files, documents, audios, or videos, or do you have to have storage for your videos in one place, documents in another place, photos in another place, and you print in yet another place? It's really kind of cool if it's all done at the same place. Number four is huge, 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 and people do not even realize when we click yes, I agree, that we're giving away our digital rights, that the people that are holding our memories actually now own our memories which is a little terrifying if you ask me. But so question four is, do I keep the digital rights to my content? Question five, can I easily share my files with others? I mean, that's the popularity of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, right? It's easy to pop your pictures up, show your perfect life, and then move on. But full resolution is important. And how easy is it to share that? Question six, what happens if you stop paying for your service? Let's say you don't realize that your credit card expired or something happens to you and you're in the hospital for a while or you actually pass away and nobody pays the fee because they didn't even realize you had an account that needed to be paid for. So what happens if you stop paying? Question seven, does the service you use have a succession plan in place? And by that, I mean, what happens when you die? What happens when you start paying? Can others manage your account? Does it just get done away with? So that's an important question if you want your kids to have access to all of your photos. Number eight, being a photographer was huge for me, and that is what is the resolution that I'm uploading and downloading my photos in, my files in? Can I download my files in full resolution? Of course, you know, if you've ever tried to print anything from, from Instagram or Facebook, they are so greatly compressed that when you actually try to print those photos, you can't because there's it's just too pixelated. It's too small. Number nine, are there any organizing tools so that I can actually record the stories that go along with my memories or my photos? Or is it simply just a photo streaming service? And then number 10, does this company have any client care if I have questions? And you can go ahead, just resume listening to the podcast after you stop laughing to that one. Have you ever tried to contact Google? Yeah, it's not your best life choice or Smug Mug or any of them. It's just kind of funny because no, they don't because they're, they, they are not photo companies that are based in customer satisfaction. Let me just say it that way. How about that? Okay, so 
those are your questions that you really need to consider before you just blindly say, oh, sure, yeah, I'll pay you 99 cents for the rest of my kids' lives, or I'll pay you $5 a month, and I have three kids, so that's $15 a month for three kids for the rest of their grown lives. That's kind of astronomical in my world. But anyway, one and done is a better plan. But let's say that you have asked these questions, you are safe, you do know what you're doing with your pictures, you're organizing them, or you're not organizing them. Because that's what I see, particularly from folks who are even a little bit older. Once you get past 30, we've got such a monumental collection of photos and memories that it's almost unbelievable. No wonder we're overwhelmed. I mean, there's like, I don't know, 74 trillion, I think is the number of photos that'll be digitized in a year. So it's some some astronomical number. But then the question is, well, how do you even start? Well, it's the same answer that I would give if we were looking at how do you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. But when you start to organize your photos, the first thing is to get everything in one place. That is the biggest rule, the biggest suggestion, the biggest help I can give you and that I teach all of the time. That's the first rule of attack is where do you have everything? Let's get it all into one place and only use those photos that you've stored in social media if that's the only copy you have left. But I'm going to tell you, there's crashed hard drives, crashed external hard drives. There's USBs that are corrupted. There's all the natural disasters. There's floods. There's tornadoes. There's every way imaginable to lose your photos. So when I say to get them in one place, I'm also going to suggest that you have some redundancy. So it's always a good idea to have more than one backup of all of your photos. So let's say that you use a cloud-based system that's permanent. In my world, that would be forever, which is what I use. But you want permanency in the cloud. And then if you have a hard copy or another different cloud service like Backblaze or a service that's going to back up your computer continually, those are all good options. And redundancy just means that you have more than one copy. Step one is you're going to get everything together in one place if possible or in small steps. Step two, then when you're looking at those pictures, do you just want them organized by the date? Because a lot of folks say, oh, I love using this service because I have all of these files and they automatically put it in a date format for me. Facial recognition, so I don't have to worry about anything. But how many times have you tried to find just that one exact specific photo and you're scrolling through your phone for 10 minutes? Wait, it's right here. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, shoot. Now, where is it? I know it's right here. Oh, wait a minute. It was before this. Hold on. And you're scrolling the whole time while the person you're trying to show the photo to that's so super cute of your brand new precious granddaughter and you're scrolling for minutes. What if you had a system and a way that you could just type in the name and poof, it comes up. When I'm suggesting that you organize, I mean to organize in such a way that you can easily and quickly find the files that you're looking for. So then when you start to organize, you can have any number of ways because there is no one right way. And I'll tell you that over and over again, there's never just one way. It's what works best for your brain. If you're very logical, analytical, maybe a little OCD, then you're going to really enjoy and thrive on having a very detailed chronological system. And when I say chronological, I simply mean by year and date. And if you have lots and lots of pictures, if you're getting started late at this game, or let's say that your child's a senior and you need to do 18 years of photos, chronologically, it's going to be your best friend. And you don't even have to know the exact date sometimes when you have, or when you have printed photos, organizing those pictures by seasons. So this is birth to two, birth to preschool, preschool to first grade, elementary school, middle school, high school. And then you can go down and you can break it 
further down, but just getting your picture sorted into those big groups chronologically is one way to get you started. But even when you do a chronological year, then you can take that year and break it down into quarters, months, or even weeks. And if you do projects such as a picture a day, then of course you're going to be doing that one daily. Another way that as you try to sort and get your wrap your head around the enormity of all that you have to do is you could do it by topic, by theme, or an event. That works great for people who, like myself, who are kind of scattered, who aren't as chronological in their thinking. They aren't so linear. But you could have, say, Christmas as your parent album, and then you can put all of your years of Christmas underneath. Or it would be dance recitals, lacrosse camp, in-laws, or extended family. Or you could do each person by family, by theme. So you would have each child listed and then their pictures under that. That's a second way that sometimes works really well. The third way is by your family group or lineage. And this is great for budding genealogists or experienced genealogists where you're going to go through and you're going to find as much information as you can and you're going to organize your albums and then you're going to nest under those albums so that all of the information that is relevant to this line or this branch of the tree is in there. We're talking births, we're talking dates, we're talking all of the information and all of the stories that you have with that particular branch of the family. And you can do that for each individual person in the family. So that one is great for genealogists. And another way is just by the what's or the things. So let's say that I have some generic topics like beautiful sunsets or nature pictures or animals or beach scenes. It just really kind of doesn't fit anywhere. But in my world, I like to make books for my grandkids. And so I have just topics. I have one that's Pokemon. Nothing but Pokemon Go pictures because I play with one of my grandsons now. Or animal pictures. And I'll turn that into an alphabet book or a scripture memory book or sunsets or trees. Planting. My mother-in-law is painting trees and she needed some pictures of various trees and their bark. So I have a whole album of nothing but trees. You can just have what's or things. How you choose to organize, really, it totally is up to you because there is no one way. The important thing is to get into the habit of doing it because discipline will kick motivation to the curb every day of the week. As I'm recording this, it's the end of January. So we start with these great high and lofty goals. And then by the end of this month, they're usually gone. So I really want to encourage you to get into the discipline or the habit. Find 15 minutes in your day. That's for an example that you're going to do nothing but organize and delete, go through your phone. And if you have your pictures stored in a cloud service that you can access from anywhere at any time, then you don't have to keep your pictures on your phone. You can delete those because it's held in a in the cloud that you can just pull up from the app, preferably their app that you have on your phone and you can access it. Now I do want to be careful to give a little disclaimer here. If you are using Apple products or iCloud to store your photos, they are not a photo streaming company, nor do they claim to be. So be very careful where and how you delete there because when you delete on your phone or you delete from the cloud, then it disappears from all platforms. So I do give you that warning about Apple. Make sure you know what you're doing with them. In the process of getting everything in one 
home. That's step one. Two, starting to figure out what system you're going to do to organize it. The third easiest way is that you simply have to do it. You make it a discipline, you make it a habit, you make it a practice so that you continue. And of course, if you've read any of James Clear, you know I've quoted him more than once in his book, Atomic Habits. Hook it to something else you are already doing so there's a higher likelihood of success of making that habit stick. For example, if you wanted to organize 15 minutes a day, it could be when you're sitting in the car line waiting to pick up kids. It could be after dinner when you are watching the kids play in the tub. It could be the last thing you do before you go to bed every night or you brush your teeth and then you're going to organize your pictures for 15 minutes. So hook it to a habit that you already have that increases the likelihood that you will get it done. And then once you get your old media digitized, because you've gotten it all in one home, you're going to digitize your old media, you're going to label it, sort it, organize it, and you're going to tell the story, then I'm going to suggest that you print it out and that you share it so that you can actually enjoy those memories again. But you may be listening to this and going, oh, that sounds oh so good, Kathy, but how in the world do I even find the time to make it a habit? How do I even, where do I even start? Well, I am not leaving it out to dry, sister friend. I want to invite you to just take a trip over to kathylanham.com over there where we have all the free stuff here for the podcast. And in on the top ribbon, you're going to see a section labeled memories. And that's where you can create your own free account. You're going to get a little bonus gift that just to say thank you. And I teach free classes so that you are not left alone to figure it all out. Probably it's going to be intuitive, but if not, I got you covered. So I would love for you to go over to my website, kathylenham.com and check that out. Because for me, when you invest in your family and your photos, you're making the greatest investment of all. So print those books, print those mugs and mouse pads and calendars, bring those memories back to life and enjoy them again and again and again. Because there's just a ton of research that shows how beneficial that is to your kiddos, gives them a sense of belonging, sense of place in the family, gives them a sense of identity and self. I would encourage you for all of the right reasons and for all of the good reasons to enjoy your photos and to love making your memories. And when you are making memories, then you are investing in your kids for a lifetime. So I want to encourage you to go not only invest in your kids and your memories, but in others. Because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Until next time, this is Kathy. Real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others. Because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care.